Hi everyone and welcome to episode 8 of the Butchers, the Bakers and the Candlestick Makers podcast with me, Dave Coulthard. Um, thank you to everyone, as always, for listening to the previous episodes, including episode 7 last week with Scott Noble. Um, and thanks to everyone as well who's read my first couple of uh, match reports back in uh, pre-season um, from Durham FC and from Newcastle East End. Um, hopefully with the relaxing of the um, regulations, which we'll come on to in due course, um, it does mean that I can hopefully get a few, a few more matches the Northern League level taken in in due course. Um, so just before I introduce me guest for this evening, uh, just a quick shout out as always to me, uh, podcast sponsors Commercially United, who are going from strength to strength this summer and they're working with a number of footballing clients and setting them up with commercial deals in their local area. And if you want to check them out, it's www.commerciallyunited.com. Okay, so time for us to introduce my guest this evening. Um, it's somebody who, after having a long affiliation with his local football club, got the opportunity to take over as chairman back in uh, October of 2018, almost two years ago now. Uh, so welcome to Ashington chairman, Brian Shotton. Brian, are you well? Yeah. Uh, yes, fine, thank you. Excellent. Yeah, spot on, spot on. Thank you very much for, for joining us. Uh, very much looking forward to having this chat about all things Ashton. Um, just before we get into things, uh, I know I know you guys had a match last night against uh, Morbeth, which obviously uh, you know was a very difficult challenge, very very good Morbeth side. How how was the game last night? Uh, to be fair, it was pretty even uh, most of the game. Uh, obviously, you know you can tell that Morbeth are, are two leagues above and a lot of quality in there being one that's from the from the northern Premier League but uh, we equipped us well um, and we gave a good account so you know pre-season's a it's a difficult time to judge really but it was a good workout for the lads uh, they did give a good account themselves they had some good chances uh, we promised and I got a bit leggy and I was a good out for her. Yeah, excellent. Uh, we're out against the good local side. Excellent. Um, so obviously throughout the course of the conversation, we will go on to discuss um, various topics such as the impact of, of the recent pandemic on the club, um, um, the recent publicity with, uh, with David Bainbridge will come on to as well. But first, I want to start uh, by going back to the time prior to you becoming chairman. So I know that um, you've um, you've gone along and watched Ashton as a supporter in the past. So uh, what what kind of memories do you have as a as a supporter of the club? Can you can you give us a bit of an overview of uh, your life supporting the club? Yeah. First, uh, the. I'd say the first thing I can remember from going to Portland Park Row and then um, <laughs> it's one thing I remember from watching football as a kid. Uh, there wasn't many went up there at that time, but uh, my granddad and my dad used to take us up and, and uh, you know, it was kind of like formative years of watching football. Um, despite living in Ashton, I'm also like a, a, a like Sunland fan, so used to go to Rock after the reserves games and I put Ashton for the for the games up there and to be honest it was it was a big part of my my initial football education. Um that wasn't like I say that was you know it was it was always with me growing up. Um I would go along with my mates on a Saturday afternoon from school uh, and and kinda you know, I watched watch the team in the nineties and it, it, it's kind of been a it's always been in me because of where I'm from. 
Um, yeah. And I know local clubs, you know, don't get a lot of attention, uh, not as much as they deserve anyway. Um, but it's always been part of me. Um, and, I, you know, I, memories as a supporter, probably, you know, just, just going into the club, really. Um, going at, I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm a chairman, but I'm still a supporter. Um, that's, you know, that's me. That's me base. That's where I was brought up. So, yeah. Yeah, I like to try and take that into what I do on a day-to-day basis for the club, really. Um, But yeah, memories, I think, you know, we'll never really won much. Uh, uh, Second division championships in the Northern League. Yeah. You know, but I think the biggest thing for me is the social aspect. I think, you know, speaking people and and making friends and and being part of something really locally. It's something, you know, something that we could be part of. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something that, um, you know, both myself and, and probably a lot of people listening can relate to. I know, so, you know, I'm a Sutherland supporter myself as well. And, um, you know, for a lot of years, I didn't go to non-league. And now I kind of got into watching South Shields and then into Heaven Town, uh, my local clubs. Um, and then from there, kind of just the... The, the kind of uh, love of non-league football just developed from there and I kind of get all over the place now so um, and, and I think what, what you said there as well is um, is really true you know it's not always about the trophies and stuff like that at this level it's much more about that that sense of community and belonging and kind of meeting people in the local scene so you know it's it's, it's great that you know a lot of people are yeah. taking, taking that you know uh, opportunity to, to get along to their local club um, so obviously um you know, when when you found out, um, I mean, it's obviously a couple of years since you took over the reins from, from Ian Lavery as, as chairman now. Um, can you tell us a little yeah. bit about how that opportunity came about? And, and was it, did you have to think about it much or was it just too good an opportunity to get involved with your local club? It was, previously I was a director of the club and I did, you know, I was in, in, in uh, you know, in charge of finance for a number of years, and, and I ran the bar, and I, I think things stepped away in 2015. Um, I, you know, it was it was getting to both things happening at the club, and I, I, I felt like my time was kind of at an end at that point, just a, a natural end in a way, because I couldn't really do anything else. Uh, what I do, what I continue doing the job and changes here and, and you know I, I couldn't it sounds horrible I couldn't drive the club in the direction that I thought it should have gone in um, yeah. and, and that, you know I, I, I didn't fall out with anyone but I, I just stepped aside and um, you know let let things let things go and I, I did come to the odd games but it, it was hard when you come and you're not really fully involved um, yeah. after so many years of being part of it uh, so I kind of had stepped away. I, I, you know, I, I go to Germany quite a lot to watch football. I go to Cologne and, and the Bundesliga, and I've got friends out there and stuff. So I, yeah. I found other things to do with my time. But then I kind of got a message out of the blue one weekend, and it was like um, along the lines of um, Ian stepping away. So, so do you, do you fancy come back to the club? And, and I was like, well, surely you're not be meaning as chairman. And a, and, a, and a lad that texted me. Uh, had a text me said yes yeah and I had to obviously I had to think about it because I know mm. the the grief I had the previous time I was here it was hard work a lot of hours a lot of yeah. time a lot of a lot of emotion 
emotion. I, I, it, it, you know, there's no two ways about it. It's emotion. I thought my wife about it because she was heavily involved with me previously. So we kind of talked about it, and she said, "I know, I, you know, I'm not going to stop you because it's, I know, I know it's." it's one of your, your loves in life so you know you, if you want to go ahead and do it do it but make sure I'm along the way because you know I knew at the club and I would hopefully drive kind of like the quick process in all honesty a matter of weeks but in the end it was you know it was, it was relatively quick and pretty much you know I think it caught a few people by surprise to be fair because I hadn't really been involved such and then all of a sudden I'm back so yeah. yeah it was it was one of them and you know it, it, it's been a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so i mean you, you touched on there that you know in your in your previous spell with the club you kind of um there was a few things that weren't quite going in the, the way that, that that you would have liked and i know you were quoted when you were taken over as chairman as, as saying that um the, the club were facing a lot of difficulties including some of the, the coverage they were getting at the time so so kind of what what, what did you mean by that yeah. coverage is there any kind of specific examples of the way you thought the club were heading that you needed to try and reverse that trend it, it wasn't just coverage to be fair it was it was along the lines of you know i'll be brutally honest but along the lines the club was spending more money than it was taken um yeah. expenses were more than the than the, the you know the revenue just wasn't there yeah. and you know I, I, and I, i'm not you know i'm not against that i know football operates like that i'm not i'm always struggling here to keep the football team on the pitch you know they have a good side for a number of years and that you know and gary middleton and, and you know steve harmison come in what a, a decent little spell with steve at first and stuff and to be honest it, it was just it, it was hard to, to manage the day to day finance. I'm honest, I'm an honest person, so that's you know, and so so it, touching back on the, the coverage thing, I mean, you know, it was well documented that the club did receive a, a lot of negative coverage in the in the national press, um, and uh, you know, a lot of that was political, and 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 my job really was to come in and diffuse some of that because. Football club for me shouldn't be political. I understand that's politics and football. And, you know, I'm again, I'm not being naive, and I, I'm not naive about it. But to me, there's no way a football club should be used as a beating stick for 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 party politics. It's just not yeah. right. Um, yeah. And my job was to come in and and, and address that. And I, I've got my own views politically, and I, 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 but at the end of the day, I'm a chairman of a football club. He gave me. And that's whether you know whether they vote blue, red, yellow, green, whatever. Yeah. Um. And and I've got no you know no no have any affiliations on that side of it. So I, I, yeah. I you know even being Labour chairman and MP for the area, I think it was just always going to be a difficult situation. Yeah. Um. Locally and you know and my job was to come in and, and, and my first primary aim was to defuse the situation and try and get this football club back on track. Um, a bit more positive news, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think one of the other things that you set set out at the very start was to to try and make the football club that kind of real kind of uh, community hub, if you like. And um, 
I guess you know, in the two years since your appointment, how do you think yeah. things have gone on that front? Do you think you've made much progress in in terms of trying to establish that community link? Yeah, it's 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 hard. I mean, it, you know, we've got limited resources, so what you can do is assist people with the, the local food banks and um, you know other various charities um, to. to you know, do as much as we can with what we have. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, you, you have got to finally balance your own books. But I think the whole the, the whole thing about the football club, especially in a town like Ashton, is we should be a, like a bit of a beacon because you know it's it's somewhere where anyone can come is welcome to come on a Saturday afternoon or a Tuesday night, uh, pay a few quid to get in and, and you know hopefully be part of something. Um, and to me, that's that's the biggest part of the community. But we are very, you know, we are very supportive of the, the area and, and what happens here. And I'm, as a club, we're always happy to get involved with local projects. And, you know, we've, we've supported the local YMCA yeah, with sleep outs and things. You know, uh, it's, but at the same time, be part of it as well. Like, support yeah. it, invite people in and take them to the part of it. Um, it's, it's a, it's a, the end of the day, it's 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 an asset for the town, so you know that it should be used as that. It doesn't belong to anybody. It's not owned by anybody. It's owned by the town. It's owned by the people that come and watch. Um, as far as I'm concerned, the people that run the club, we're, we're just custodians of it, um, yeah. and it is a community asset. So you know that's my biggest impression on it, is to push it that way. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I mean, obviously, it's a club with a, a very rich history as well you know um, I know we're talking almost 100 years ago but you know it's a club that spent time in the football league back in the in the 1920s it's um so you know if you look around non-league now a lot of, a lot of clubs are kind of founded in the last I don't know 20 30 years but you know Ashton's kind of right back in the 1880s a lot of lot of history there a lot of setup but if you look at the the facility that you've got there now it's a you know it's, it's got a very modern modern feel about it it's a, it's a fantastic setup and you know I think you know, if, if you can get people down yeah. there, not just not just to the games, but like you say, you know, get the community involved and everything, then you know it's a fantastic facility and a great club to be uh, to be part of. So hopefully, uh, hopefully you'll see more and more taking up that opportunity. Um, I just want to ask you just a couple of questions around. Yeah. Um, so, so obviously, um, aside from being the chairman of the football club, I know that um, I, I know you're involved in the, uh, the running of a, a dairy business as well. Um, so, what what does a typical day look like for you? Because obviously, I guess the football club's very demanding. You've got the day job there as well. Um, what might a typical day look like in your life? Um, well, yeah, I, I go to work in the morning. Uh, go to my in the morning um carry out the, you know my role there and um just to finance and payroll and I, I kind of run the back end of the business um yeah. and then make sure you know like logistically you make sure everything's all right as well yeah um employees as well so it's you know it's, it's decent size it's busy uh, obviously, during the pandemic, it was it was crazy at first. Um, yeah. But yeah. So so I've got that, and then um, I'm normally leave there and 
interesting to see how you how you try to balance that dynamic and uh, it sounds like you have very little, very little free time outside of the two because um, no it's, it's funny because um, Yeah. 
personally. Um, my ambition is to be that, but you know, the work that needs to go in to achieve that, it's one of them where it's a chicken and egg. So you, you know, you, you're hoping, you're hoping that you can achieve off the field to achieve on the field, um, because yeah. you know, as much as anything, we don't have anyone here to, to, to throw money at the team, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know we we need to build it so at the same time aim for aim for what aim for the aim for the top basically. Uh, yeah, yeah. And keep working hard and you know encourage sponsors to come in and encourage sponsorship, encourage the commercial side. It's a great facility here for people to come and be a part of. So I think you know to reach you know the height. Yeah. So yeah, doing at the moment. Absolutely, I think it's a, great, it's a great, yeah, it's a great point that you make because I think that you know back in the days, I mean, it's it's only a few years ago when when promotion wasn't mandatory from the Northern League, and you saw a lot of clubs, um, to you know turning down the, the the opportunity to get promoted. The likes of Shildon, you know, won the league fairly recently and and turned down that opportunity and. Um, it's one of them where I guess you know some of the clubs might have been worried about overstretching themselves, you know, because it's not just the, you know, it's not it's not just the actual um, the travel costs and things, but it's like you know people having to put funding into the ground and, and various other things, and sometimes I guess there's there's that danger that you overstretch yourself. So I guess it's, it is trying to kind of go: Have we got the infrastructure in place? Are we in a position where we think we're we're ready for that step up, rather than um, you know. Yeah rather than kind of um you know taking the jump too soon so um yeah it's, inter- it's definitely an interesting uh balance to, to try I, th- I think it was one of them where i think it was one of them where sorry i think it was one of them where clubs you know it was it was a bit of the unknown um yeah. and it was a time when well you know like you touched on there uh Sheldon won the league Bedleton, yeah Won the league in the nineties and two thousands on numerous occasions. Whitley Bay dominated for a few years, and yeah, it was it was a very cool ego kind of go by itself. Um, yeah, the, the, one of us a bit daunting with travel, but I think that's kind of the attitude of that's kind of changed. So yeah, you know, I think I think it's something that you know, well, you saw, or you know, and you see heaven stopped and. That, that are really children that are really pushing for it now. Yeah. East Ball, you, know, you see heaven stopped and it'll pretty much gone straight through, straight through division, straight through division one of the Northern Premier League. And yeah. I think that shows the strength of the football in the Northern League, to be fair, that happened. Um, so, yeah, it's it's something that now seems to be desired rather than. Rather than the opposite, which, yeah. which clubs kind of used to like when the league, but didn't go up. Yeah, absolutely, and and like, like you say, I mean, you know, I think the Northern League is so strong, and I think if people can see that, you know, these Morbus and the Shields of the world, and, and you know, even Dunstan, you know, to an extent went up more recently, but you know, certainly never looked in danger of coming back down. And I think if you know, if if clubs can see other clubs establishing oh. themselves at those higher level then it's, it's you know it's got to be a big um you know a big plus point for, for wanting to follow um i just wanted to ask you a little bit about yeah, um know. obviously with um you know we're now kind of coming out the other side of well hopefully coming out the other side of, of kind of lockdown and getting back to some 
form of normality. Um, obviously, these last few months will have had a, a massive impact on non-league football um, as a whole. How, how much of an impact has it, has it had realistically on Ashington or has there been some kind of positives that's come out of it in terms of, um, I don't know, season ticket sales, shirt sales, things like that? Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a funny one because when when it initially occurred and you know it was a tough one because everyone knew it was kind of coming. It was like watching that that wave coming on the horizon that that, that you were waiting for the crash into you and, and yeah. kind of like you knew it was coming. But when it did, it was it, you know it, it did hit it did hit a lot of people hard. I think and you know even things like us where we had you know the the last game that got postponed, which was postponed less than twenty four hours before kickoff. Yeah. We bought all the stock in for food and drink and you know, parts stock and everything. And that hit, I mean, that even hit hard at the time. And because we couldn't do anything with it then. It was yeah. kind of like. Like, even that simple thing. But then it was, it was a worry. I mean, you know, you were waiting. Uh, the community emergency fund and things. So, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's, it's not been wonderful, but it's been an experience that actually takes time out and, and look at how we did things. And I think that's been valuable for everybody here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, do you, do you see it having any? Um, do you see it having any kind of lasting impacts longer term? Um, you know, for example, things like obviously you'll rely a lot on sponsorship. Uh, for example, do, do you see it may, maybe having an impact in terms of whether local businesses are, are willing to kind of back you in the same way, or have you not really seen any evidence of that so far? Um, it's been a mixed bag, to be honest. I mean, sponsorship is always difficult to get. Yeah. Uh, it's always difficult because businesses don't really see much return for the money at this level. And, and it, yeah. it is a kind of a, it's a philanthropy thing where they're kind of, they're just donating the money in effect where you get a sponsor board and, and I, you know, don't get us wrong. I think some companies have seen benefits of, of having boards, but you know, some companies will say, well, I've, I've got a, I don't know, I've got a, a business that someone from Ashton won't, won't buy that, you know, they're not interested in and not buy it. It is tough. It, it's a tough, tough thing. And commercially, it is tough. But I think, you know, generally, it's been okay. We have picked up a few sponsors over the last few months. We've lost a couple as well. And yeah. I'm not going gonna, gonna to hide from that. But, you know, it is, yeah think it's still going to be a tough winter um, like in the economy and stuff so yeah you know what appreciate all that support but you know you're always you're always looking for more because you know the more you, the more sponsorship you get the more you can put back into your senior teams your junior teams yeah yeah, you know your facility which will come and be part of it. Is your clubhouse and things? So, yeah, we have invested a bit of money into our investment money into our clubhouse and signage and things, and we've, we've changed our logo. There's all sorts. It's been a, it's been a busy period to be honest. Yeah.
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it's weird because obviously the football stopped, but um, it, it seemed like there was a period of time throughout the lockdown where actually a lot of clubs were seemingly very active in a, in a variety of ways. And I'd, I'd noticed your logo being kind of one of them. And, um, you know, whether it just maybe give that little bit more time to kind of go, OK, can, you know, can we get this stuff sorted out now that we've, you know, got a bit of a gap? Um I was going to ask you about um, the the ongoing dilemma of not having fans. Um, obviously, um, obviously the the guidance has, has changed probably since I put the <laughs> put the uh, the outline together for this yesterday. Um, looks like you, you're now going to be able to welcome fans back. Um, uh, kind of initially, uh, I think it's, pro- it's probably changed since we started as well. <laughs> it probably has to be fair. Um, I was looking at the guidance earlier. <laughs> it looks like um, it, it looks like initially it might be capped at 150 for the, the first game or so, and then and then kind of from a you know a week or week and a half time, it, it's kind of 300. Um, how do those kind of figures kind of fit in with the the, the types of crowds that you get at Ashton? Do you, do you think you'll be kind of locking some people out, or do you think you'll broadly be all right for for most of the games with that kind of number? I think the, the 150, I think, even for a friendly, I think that's a push for us, to be honest. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people hungry to see football at any level. Um, yeah. And I did think that when we came back, we would have a good good happen. I mean, like, there's, mm. the club's getting a lot of good coverage uh, you know, yeah. in, the, in the press and stuff. So I was, I was hoping that when we did resume that we would have a you know obviously you, you wanted to be safe and you wanted to be you know you don't want to from the ground and be unsafe but I was hoping that we could have attracted you know more than we do up there and it could be anywhere from 108 to 350 so yeah um you know well, 150 is a bit of a dialogue yeah Kind of come to a you know, quick decision of, um, you know, season ticket holders. We've, we've got about eight ticket holders, so we've basically said, well, eight season ticket holders, they've supported the club, not knowing when they were going to come back. So we'll, we'll let them basically sell links. We're trying to do, you know, we've, we've got to start somewhere. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, 150 is better than not. Yeah, absolutely. So, so we've got to make the best of that 150 and hopefully, um, hopefully find that within a couple of people and then, you know, from then don't know what's going to happen from then. Really, it's it's a wait and see job, isn't it? With the, yeah. Yes, it certainly is. Yeah, missing the FA and things. Just gotta, just gotta kind of go along with that at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, you've touched on the, the, the regarding the number of season ticket holders, and of course, one of those season ticket holders is um, David Bainbridge, who was awarded your first ever uh, lifetime season ticket recently. Um, First of all, I just just want to ask you. So, how important? I know David um, sells football cards and domino cards for the club. How important is it for local football clubs to have supporters like David and have people who volunteer the time? How important is that for the the running of a football club like yours? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's 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 really important. I mean, it, you know, it's it's part of who we are. 
um, it's part of your identity and you know that that support and the that dedication it's kind of unconditional and and you get you know you, you know what you're going to get and and it's it's invaluable um to be honest and to be fair non-league footballers it's the only reason it exists um whether you're going to Ashton or whether you're going to you know Blythe Town or whether you go to Wooler and the uh, you know the the the, the keeps that club going yeah um, and and it's all the it's the big parts and the little parts and the little parts are just as important um so you know it, it, whether you're a director or, or you sell the, the the raffle tickets or whether you work in the kitchen on a match day for free or yeah paints it's all part of the the overall success of that club um and David is a prime example of that where he'll turn up on a Saturday and he'll he'll know what his job is and he'll he'll do it and and you know doesn't ask for anything doesn't doesn't demand anything and it and in today's world that's quite a, a rarity because you know it's it's you know well, in, in times where monetary remuneration is quite big, football clubs are vital, and you know I've, I've been one for a good part of my life, and, and you know it is it is a big part of how club is a success, um, and yeah. and everyone that does it has got to be commended, definitely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I mean, obviously, um, obviously, you guys made the decision to to award David that that season ticket is a you know is a gesture for all the you know all the all the work and support that he's he's put into the club um but then on the back of that i guess it just went a little bit um a little bit mental on social media and everything with some of the, the coverage that you received um how much of a surprise was that to you were you, were you quite surprised how how kind of big that got and how much attention it received i was because uh, i mean at the time I didn't even know it was going to be filmed or anything. To be honest, um, I, I rocked, I rocked up at the, the where David lives and, and with my wife and, and kind of I saw I saw his nephew Ross had his camera and stuff and I, yeah, his camera phone out and stuff and I was like, oh, I don't like. I mean, to be honest, I'm not one for for attention and light. Yeah. So I kind of like, oh, I, I didn't. I, 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 when he said I wasn't uncomfortable, but it's. Yeah, it wasn't done for for any reason other than the the, you know, the gesture behind it. But Ross did video it. It's a bit of a like a keepsake as well for David, and and it went online, and then it was really been in touch, and you know, ma massive. It was it was a, it was a week or two of absolute craziness. But, you know, <laughs> it did mid lockdown and things were kind of there was negativity all over the place. It did bring that kind of little positive light to to the, the things that were going on in the community as well, um, and did kind of remind people that there is still some good things out there. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. What was a pretty dark time to be. 
Yeah, it certainly was. I mean, I, I must admit, when we when I read when I read it, and I remember thinking at the time, this is this is seemingly the only good thing I'd read that day. It was like just negativity everywhere, and then there was just this one good thing. But then all of a sudden, it was everywhere, and um, you know, it seemed like you know, it seemed like it'd gone kind of right around the country and even beyond, and you know, everybody was getting involved in it. And I thought, actually, you know, that's really really good to have that positivity for, you know. Not, not not just you know not just for, for David but for the club and for the area and I, I think you know it, it goes to highlight I mean you know David, David you know D David does what he does but I think that what it also does is, is is almost shine a light on what volunteers do for local football clubs and how important they can actually be and you know how valued he is by the club so yeah it was great to see that um so just just a few uh quick fire ones Brian just to just to kind of round things yeah. just, just just a few quick fire ones just to just to round things off so what what would oh, you thanks. say is um what would you say is your your kind of proudest moment as chairman in the in the two years you've had in charge so far it's a tough one that because mm -hmm. i wouldn't say there's been lots of i wouldn't say there's been lots of time i mean you know i, I don't want to go negative when you've asked as well yeah what i'm proud of but you know, we've had to, we had to cut team budgets, and there's no secret about that. I, I've never made a secret of it. I, I, I was really open about it. But I think, I think the proudest got to be that the club is still here, and it's it's now on the on the on the turn, and it, it's on a different trajectory to what it was two years ago. Um, yeah, got to be the proudest because it's different trajectory. Um, so I think. The fact that we're still here and now we're looking up and not down, I think that's that's got to be the proudest moment for me. Yeah, excellent. Um, and what what would you say um, is a realistic aim for the club next season in terms of in terms of on the pitch, in terms of league finish? What do you what do you think is kind of a realistic aim? I, I really don't like to make those sort of predictions. <laughs> I don't like putting. I don't like yeah. putting the manager and the team under pressure, to be fair. Yeah, fair yeah, enough. I like them to go out and not feel under any pressure, but, you know, definite improvement. De definite improvement from last season, I think. I think, you know, we've signed a few, yeah. a few decent lads who, who, have, who have been in the league for a little while. And, and, yeah. and also we've got a lot of kids who are, are really coming on well, um, part of last season's team. I think, you know, definitely just improvement and see where it takes were really... Um, yeah. Improvement on, on the field, and, and I, I can't really. Yeah. Like I say I don't like putting the putting Ian and uh, Ian and the team under pressure because. Yeah. You know, it's, I'd like, like to say oh, we'll finish in this position, but I, I'm one to say let's see how it plays out. <laughs> yeah, that that that's fair fair enough. We'll uh, we'll, we'll move on from that one. Um, fight final. Just totally dodged that one. There. <laughs> that's fair enough. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> la last one then. So um, when when the time actually when, whenever it is in the future when the time comes that you decide um, that it's time for you to leave the club, what what would you want your lasting legacy to be at Ashington? What would you want supporters to look back and, and remember you for? Oh, that's a tough one as well. <laughs> I think just to see that, you know, see that it's a it's a club that is built. I'm passionate about it. I love it, and 
I'd like to say that that shines out from from what we do here, um, and that it's in it's in a good, healthy, stable, you know, position, yeah. and hopefully higher up the league pyramid. Um, that's the ultimate aim. And but at the end of the day, this has got to be a it's got to be a beacon for Ashton. It's got to be a beacon for 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 history. It's it's got to reflect history, but it's also got to show that we're moving forward. And um, we've got a lot to be proud of here with regards to the Charlton, Milburns, you know, various other sports people. And I think that Ashton really should be a footballer. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, no, that's that, that's fantastic. Um, bro- okay. Sorry about that. Sorry about that, everyone. I think um, I think there was a few few connection problems there at, at my end. Um, I think we we caught most of that answer for Brian. So so Brian, I just want to say thank you very much for for joining us today. Uh, really enjoyed chatting about Ashington. Um, and and now that the restrictions have been relaxed, I'm hopefully looking forward to a visit to to Woodhorn in uh, at some at some point in the near future. Yeah. Brilliant, and uh, and th- thanks everybody as well for for listening to to this episode. Um, announcement will be coming on episode nine in the next couple of weeks, so uh, keep your ears peeled for that one. Thanks very much. Cheers.